Let me try that. Wow. See, it works when you turn it on. Good. If you like, uh, you can turn over to the book of Proverbs. That's where we're going to be this morning. Now, you know how Proverbs is written. It's, just, it's sort of just a, a, a layering of sayings that jumps all over the place and many times. Uh, and so I will be jumping around Proverbs and dealing with the subject of, of friendship. We're going to start a two-week series today called Circles. And this first week, we're going to look at Proverbs particularly. Um, a few Proverbs, so you can write them down as I reference them, or you can try to flip back and forth and, and, and find them quickly while I'm going through, um, but you can, you can turn there because that's, that's where I'm going to be. Before I, before I do that, though, uh, let me give you an update on the Israel trip. If you're interested in going to Israel, what you need to do is just email me so that I can put you in the loop for communications and making sure that you're updated on all the progress. We've been waiting on flights to get secured. Flights is a mess, y'all. I don't know if you've, well, you've flown, but it's, uh, it's been a mess, but we landed the absolute perfect path straight from Austin to Frankfurt, Tel Aviv and, and back and I'm so excited about that. So now I'm ready to have an interest meeting. If you're interested in finding out more about Israel, there is a screen that you can actually, I don't know if you guys have it up there or not, but there's a, an Israel screen with a QR code. You can go to the registration page. I guess there's not a screen uh, this morning. Sorry about that. Uh, but it's online. It's in your Friday email as well. You can go and check that out. But I'm going to have an interest meeting here on this campus, not this Wednesday, but the following Wednesday at 745, right after all our classes end. And I'm going to be upstairs on the third floor in, um, what's the number? 306, 307, upstairs on the third floor. So you go up the elevators, you go pick up your kids from Awana or whatever program, and you can bring them up there with you. We'll have a short meeting. I'll answer any questions that you have. Um, but if you're interested, come, check it out. You know somebody's interested, I'd love to have you there, okay? Let's pray, and uh, we'll go into God's Word. Father, we thank you for this morning, and uh, Lord, it is good to be together in your house with your family. And uh, Lord, as we lift our hearts to you, we lift our attention to you, uh, we put a parenthesis in our life, and we separate this time from the common times and the common things. And uh, Lord, we just dedicate it to you. And so as we sit still with our Bibles in our laps and our hearts attuned to you, pray that you would just speak to us from your word, uh, Lord, that, that you would take us where you want us to go, that you would make us what you want us to be, um, and do that now. Meet with us. In Christ's name we ask it. Amen. Amen. All right, so today we begin a, a brief two-week series about friendship. Friendship. Now, I think it's important for us to at least look at this very important subject once a year at least, very short. Um, and there's a couple of reasons for this pastorally. It's just a pastoral judgment um, that I think we need to make sure that we look at this particular subject. First, at this time of the year, students have started school, you know, elementary kids, middle school, high school, even college. They're back in school and they're in new classes with new people and they're seeing people all around them and they're in that zone of time where they're building you probably even new friendships. And even us as parents, we understand the importance of finding good circles, good friends that 
inner circles would be strong and, and, and travel in the, in the right directions. And, and so we ask constantly about parents, about tell me who your friends are, right? Uh, because we know how influential they are. And so this time in school when new friends are being developed, we want to give some wisdom and some thought to who are our friends and what kind of friends are we choosing. And so it's important. So we're going to look at that. Um, also, our culture today needs a real good dose of what good healthy friendships look like. I mean, if you define a friend as someone who friended you on Facebook, um, how many of you would admit you don't even know most of the people that you call friends on Facebook, right? You don't even know them, right? And you just say, well, they must know me. So I'll say, okay, I guess, you know. Um, I totally understand that. But in that context of a culture, the idea of what a friend is could become diluted. And when we look at the Bible, what the Bible talks about with friendship, and we look at our definition of friendship, we might see that there's different levels and, and principles involved in this thing. And we might want to uh, give it some treatment to make sure that we're getting all out of life this thing called friendships that God made us for. Uh, thirdly, our culture also suffers from a lack of quality, healthy relationships, perhaps because we really don't know what it takes to have good friendships. But more and more people in our society are saying they are lonely. They don't have a real friend. Uh, and, and, that's, and that's true. And there's a couple of reasons for that. And, and you guys go, I hear you say this so often. Why do you keep harping on it? Because we are in a context where we cannot allow the cultural norms of the day become our cultural norms. We must keep fighting against this because it's not something that God intends for us to have. We have a higher, richer thing to have um, with our friends than what is out in the culture. And so I'm going to keep saying it. Um, we live in a transient society. After the age of 18, most people travel or, or change, uh, they move every five years. On average, the average American, after the age of 18, you're moving every five years. Well, guess what happens when you move? Relationships change. You meet new people. Some of the old ones begin to kind of sag a little. It's harder to stay close friends and have what the Bible talks about friends when you're constantly moving. And if we have a society of people who are constantly shifting all over the place, guess what? It's going to be more difficult in that context to have what the Bible calls friendships in that context because it's constantly diluting the actual uh, dynamics of what friendship is really all about and the way we were made to experience friendship. Another reason is we're in an individualistic society. We really like a little bit of isolation. If we're, I mean, if you, if you would raise your hand, I'm not even going to ask you to, but you go, yeah, I think I, you know, it's kind of good sometimes, right? To have a little distance, right? It's kind of good to be a little isolated. Um, we like pulling into our garage as Americans, shutting the garage behind us and not seeing our neighbor. That's a good thing, right? That's a good thing sometimes. I mean, we actually like that. We like distance between us. Uh, we don't like people meddling in our business, you know? Uh, and that's, that's just part of an individualistic uh, a culture, it keeps us from doing what we really want to do if we had real friendships. Real friendships can be inconvenienced. You can be inconvenienced in things that you want to do in life. And because this is our culture, we don't usually enjoy the work that it takes to have the kind of friendships that we crave. Because it requires a lot from a person. And in our individualistic desires, 
We really want that in, in principle and in, in concept, but we don't really want it. And so we don't pursue, we don't press through the things and the challenges against our own culture that, call, that help us get there. And so I'll say it often and I'll say it again, we as a society are highly connected due to social media and being around lots of people all the time and phones and communication. We are a highly connected society, but we experience very little to no belonging. Belonging. And some of the older generation know what I'm talking about. There's a, a real sense of belonging in our society that is, that is lacking. Perhaps the demands of real friendship are just too invasive and difficult and painstaking to actually have. And that's the series. It's titled Circles. This first week we're going to be talking about building a healthy, strong, inner circle of friendships. Because there's, the Bible talks about your inner circle. Um, and we're going to talk about that today. I think most of us are familiar with circles, your circle of friends, your circle of of influence. We talk about circles all the time. But when we talk about your inner circle, it's those friends that are closer to you than probably even family. And you need those. And you need to develop strong inner circle uh, friendships. Next week, we're going to talk about what Christ calls us to do, and that's to be a friend to anyone out there that we encounter and run into. And that is also true. We need to have friendships beyond our inner circle. Um, Jesus was accused of being a friend of sinners. So what does that mean? That means he was being, he was doing practices that showed himself to be friends with people of low society or scum and that sort of thing, people who did bad things, and he was, he was willing to be associated with them and do certain things. And so next week we're going to talk about what it means to be a friend of sinners and also what it doesn't mean. Uh, it's very important that we define that. Um, and so we're going to look at that next week. But the point of this series is that we need both. We need inner circles of friends. And we also need to be a friend the way Jesus was friend to anyone. And the real difference, the real dynamic, the principle that finds its way through all friendships that really is the key factor here is all wrapped up in one word. And this is the word. Influence. Influence. How am I being influenced? How am I influencing others? That should tell us inner circle versus outside the inner circle and how we navigate those. We're in the book of Proverbs. Let me give you a couple of things you need to know about Proverbs because Proverbs is a little unique of a book in the Bible. Uh, it's not like Romans. It's different. Um, it is, it's a collection of sayings, um, lots of random sayings, and it's something that you need to interpret as wisdom literature in the Bible. It's, it's in that genre in the scriptures. And so you want to interpret wisdom literature through wisdom lenses and make sure that you're not making some errors there. The first thing you need to know about Proverbs is that King Solomon collected a list of sayings that were wise sayings. And they're said in a way where they don't just tell you what it is. They make you search for it. And, and you got to meditate on it. And you got to get to the essence of the truth of it to really draw out what that proverb is trying to get you um, to understand. And so it's originally intended by Solomon to be a collection of sayings that the younger generation would rehearse and go over and over. And we have them as well in English. We have proverbs that we live by. I could share a few with you. But they had sayings that they would memorize and collectively say, and that would teach them how to walk in life as an adult and even live with wisdom 
and, and even Solomon, particularly for his own sons, that the future kings would have wisdom in their reign and ruling and leadership in, in uh, Israel. Um, and so that was the purpose of the book. Secondly, wisdom is what is required when you're choosing between two and three good things. Because wisdom helps you find out what is best. Not just what is good, but what is best. So it's not the black and white God's law or against God's law, right or wrong. Many times wisdom is needed in that big gray area where you have multiple good options. You just need to think about what is best. And Proverbs is really helping you do that. In many ways, Proverbs assumes the black and white God's law thing, and it's helping us with the gray areas of life. Thirdly, Proverbs is incredibly practical. Um, it is not philosophical as much as it is like how to live daily life, choices that you make, and basing those choices in wisdom. It's to, to choices about what to say and when to say it. Choices about how to view your work and build a career. Um, very practical things that are contained here. Choices about how far to go in helping someone and how, when you're actually hurting them. Seriously, choices on how long to stay at someone's house. <laughs> You've been there too long when you do this. I mean, Proverbs have some very practical stuff about how to live life and live it in a way that's, that's wise and fruitful. Um, lastly, we want to avoid interpreting Proverbs as promises from God. Um, that's not the intent of the genre of Scripture. Proverbs are general principles about life, principles that are out there that are real, and you can fight against these principles all you want and face the consequences, or you can align yourself with these principles and yield the fruit and the, the benefits of it, but they are principles, not promises, and I give you the age-old example of Proverbs 22, verse 6, uh, train up a child in the way they should go, or start off children off in the way they should go, and even when they are old, they they will not turn from it. What is the purpose of that proverb? Is to say there's a principle. When a child is born, they are set on a trajectory. You are shaping that trajectory in their life. It's very important, parents. Do it well. Make sure you set that trajectory really well. And you'll set it right. And it's likely the high principle that they will continue in those ways. You set the taste buds, parents, of what they like and what they enjoy. You feed them little things all along the way. And guess what? When they, when they get to 14 and 15, they start craving those things, and they really like those things, and they taste things that are outside their culture that they never got, their mama didn't give them, and they go, ugh, right? You're setting taste buds in their life. That's what this is about. That's what that's about. It's not a promise to say if you do your part, then God will do his part, and they will never stray. You see, that's, that's where we took it to a promise, and that's very, because you can be the best parent in the world, and kids make poor choices, and they, did, they make poor choices long into their life after you're done parenting them. And that happens in a fallen world. There are exceptions to that rule. Amen? There are exceptions. And so we don't want to treat it like a promise. We want to treat it like a general principle of wisdom. And this is something that's very important here. All, also, though, on the other side of the coin, let me also say, we also don't want to treat Proverbs like just advice. Take it or leave it. Proverbs would have a lot of warnings, first few chapters, to say, do you better heed these words. These principles are reality, and you push against them to your detriment. You follow them to your very life. Like, this is, this is in God's word for a reason. These are principles that, that are like gravity. You need to know that this stuff is there. 
and it helps us navigate life. And so we do want to treat it as the holy word of God and make sure that we're heeding to these principles of wisdom. But these thoughts in mind, let me just start this. When it comes to friendships from Proverbs, you're being trained as a young person by the Lord to learn how to navigate life well. Well, the one key thing in Proverbs you're going to see over and over and over, have good friends. Have good friends. And when I say friends, what do I mean? Let's look at Proverbs 13, verse 20. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Let's unpack it a little bit. Walks. In the Hebrew, I think in the English too, we talk about using the word walk. Like walk, right? What does that mean? When you walk through life. Meaning when you live your life and make choices day to day. Um, walking is living. Walking is making choices. Walking is engaging in life. And you think about in the Hebrew where it says um, that Enoch walked with God. What does that mean? It means he had a relationship with God. He lived his life in relationship to another person. In other words, he was walking and another person was walking beside him. They're shoulder to shoulder. They're looking at the journey of life. They're living life shoulder to shoulder. And they're living and they're talking about life. And they're, talk, and they're walking together. And this is the idea. This is the idea of walking in the Hebrew. Psalm 1 says, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Meaning we don't live our life and make choices in our life. From unwise sources, we pick the wise sources and the people around us to walk with them. So it says walk, and then it says he who walks with the wise. Uh, When it comes to establishing strong, deep inner circles, it is incredibly important for us to choose that circle wisely. Thus the subtitle of the series, Choose wisely according to proverbs because it ends by saying that the 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 companion of fools does what suffers harm there will be a lot of harm that will come into your life if you willy-nilly select your inner circle and just let it be what it is if you don't give intentional effort to securing the right inner circle in your life you can suffer harm by having the wrong people in your inner circle No doubt about it. Proverbs is so clear on this. It matters who you choose to be in your inner circle in your life. Choose wisely. And here's the statement I want to make. Discover friends in your life who are facing the same direction and have the same foundation in life. Your inner circle, those people need to be the same as you when it comes to what you're standing on in life, the Word of God, and Jesus being the person that you're focused on and living for. That needs to be number one for any person in your inner circle of life. So look for friends who are wanting the same things you are. Look for friends who have the right foundation in life. And look for friends who perhaps... Or maybe even up the path 
from where you want to be, the kind of person you want to become. Walk with the wise to become wise. And that's the next point. Look what C.S. Lewis says. Friendship is born at that moment when one person says to another, what, you too? I thought I was the only one. See, that's beautiful. Your closest friends in life are going to be, you're living for something, and then you look to the side, and someone else is doing the same thing. They love the same things, they want the same things, and you see that they're just like you in certain regards, certain foundational regards. And, and that's where companionship really begins. That's where you begin to foster it. And so how do you find people that are going to be close friends? Put your feet on the Word of God in your life. Face in the direction of Christ, seek to live for him and begin to do that and take steps in walking with Christ who is your greatest friend the world has ever seen. You need Christ as your friend and you start following him. And then you look to your side and life and every day and you go, who else is doing the same? Who else wants the same? Those. Qualification number one. That's the Qualification. Because then look at it, he who walks with the wise. Why is this important that you choose the right people? Because look, it says he who walks with the wise, what? Becomes. Becomes. The main reason we should choose our inner circles wisely is because our inner circle relationships will shape us into someone. Our inner circles will shape us. In Proverbs 27, 17, we use this in men's ministry, but it applies to every person who's a Christian. Every person. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Close and deep friendships in our lives have the power to shape us into a person. Negatively or positively. Now, nobody knows this better than parents and grandparents, right? We understand this. And this is why kids, students, listen. Your friends will shape you. Your friends will. Now, how many of you remember growing up, and uh, I, I remember this, being around a friend, and y'all spent a lot of time together, and all of a sudden you began to laugh like they laughed? Or you began to use phrases that they used that you never used before. And all of a sudden you started using it. And you didn't think, oh, I'm going to start using that phrase. Did you? You just started doing it. Why? Because your friends begin to shape you in ways that you are not cognitively aware of. Even the language you speak and the dialect you use and all of that can start being shaped, especially young. And you will be shaped by those core friends for good or for bad. Andy Stanley wisely said this, show me your friends. He was talking to students when he was saying this, the younger people. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. It is that detrimental. It is that critical. Your friends will determine that. And parents, it's not as critical the younger they are. But once they get middle school, you stop being cool. You know what I mean? And they don't want you around anymore. Like, what are you doing here? You know, when they get to that age, you had better hope. You have directed them into good circles because you have, you have ceased to become their number one source of influence. Now their peers are becoming the number one source of their influence. It is a very important phase in life that you want to make sure with all that you can, uh, guiding them into the right circles and helping them form the right circles. It's very, very 
important. So the first word I want to use this is discover. The first principle in having the right core friendships in your life. First, discover. Discover the right friends. I believe God has placed people in your life for you, and they are wise, and they are there for you. It's perhaps if you don't have them that you just haven't discovered them, but he has them there for you. I believe that for every person, no doubt about it. And so in our lives, the first thing we do is we set ourselves on the foundation of God's word, and we face Jesus, and we begin to live for him. And then we begin to say, Lord, who's to my right and to my left? Pray. Ask the friend who is the greatest friend to help you know who your friends should be. And you know what? That is not a vain prayer. He will absolutely, he will absolutely bring them into your life. And you need to be aware in the moment that he does it. And go, hey, this might, Joe? Lord Joe? Really? You never know. You, you just look and listen for him. Just look and listen for him. And the other thing, you know what, you, you, you go, uh, some people, when they start looking for the circle of friends, some of you, you can have big, big circles, inner circles. You can have an inner circle that's really big. Others of us, we can have an inner circle that's, that's really, really small. Uh, for me, three. I found that three is good for me. My wife, somewhere between 250 and 300. No lie. She's got best friends all over America, BFFs, all over America. We got married. She picks out her bridesmaids. Well, she can't end the list because she's got so many best friends. And I'm sitting there going, look at all those people. Like, I've got two. And one of them is my dad. Like, <laughs> I had to borrow from the bridesmaids, boyfriends, and husbands to line my side up so the thing balanced out. But you can have a big inner circle and you can have a small inner circle. That's not the important thing. Do you have a circle? Do you have a friend, a real friend? He's there for you. And you're there for him or her. It's important that we have it. By the way, every Christian has a constant inner circle available to you called the church. But in a church our size, you have to develop a circle within the circle. Because you can't have, like my wife, a thousand best friends. You, you, you need a circle that's close to you. A circle that will be there and they're engaged in your life enough to know when things aren't going right or things are going really well. They need to know. And in a, in a group this large, you just can't have that. That's why we have life groups. That's why we have life groups. Life groups is not for us to just get you in another meeting. All right, life groups is not about that. There are life groups for a reason. We want you to get in a life group so that you're shoulder to shoulder with people who are trying to live the same way you are, feet on the word of God, facing Jesus, trying to live for him, and that you're close proximity with people, other people that are doing that, and maybe some of these might be some of your best friends. Life groups are the avenue that what we determine as success is not that you're in a life group. When he talks about pastoral leadership, our definition of success for you is not that you're in a life group. The definition of success for us is that you have deep core friendships in your life, like I'm talking about here, where you're accountable to them, they're accountable to you, there's a sense of, uh, of, of togetherness that is deep, they would be there if you were in the hospital, they would be there. 
Like that kind of friend. That's the kind of friendships we want to develop. And that's work. That's relationships. It doesn't happen because you signed a box and got in a, call, got in a life group. No, 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 no. There's work involved. There's work involved in, de- in, de- in developing a relationship like that with the people that are around you. And that's the next word I want to use, develop. Strong, healthy relationships are developed. They take work. My father-in-law used to say this all the time, and it really stuck with me. If you want good friendships, then work at being a good friend. If you want good friendships, then work at being a good friend. Let me give you a couple things about being a good friend. We're going to come from Proverbs right here. First of all, being a good friend, first be present. Be present. Proverbs 17, 17. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. What's it getting at there? Let me give you the summary. A good friend, a core friend in our inner circle, that core friend is there continuously. You have a relationship with them that's strong and continuous. You're not occasional acquaintances, in other words. He loves at all times. But a brother, see, family will be there for you if things collapse. Family will come in, right? But family, many times, isn't there every day and with it in you in it in life with you all the time and knowing the ups and the downs of all the stuff some of you are like thank god okay and yeah i get it but a friend a friend's there at all times the ups the downs the ins and the outs that's the kind of friendship we're talking about here and you can't have deep friendships with others if you show up and hang out a couple times a year you connect with them every once in a while secondly be reliable be reliable. Proverbs 18, 24. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Now, before we obviously apply that to Christ, obviously, he is the, the, the friend that sticks closer than a brother. A good friend is reliable. Unreliable friends, are they friends? How many of you remember you went through some type of hard time in life and you came out of that saying, well, good thing about hard things in life, you find out who you're, you find out who your friends are, right? That will show you hard times in life. And, and you know what it was? It was you found out what your friendships were based on. Your friendships were based on the fact that you have money and you were advantageous to them. And now that you don't have money, Right? All of a sudden you lost it in the oil dive. Maybe it was because of something else. Your, friends, your friendships were based on very thin things instead of being a word of God, focusing on Christ and living for the Lord. The bedrock stuff of life. It's important to have reliable friends and be a reliable friend. Men, you know in your heart of hearts, how important it is for you to have friendships like this. You just know it. You know you need it. You know you need friends, but you know it costs you something to have them. Pay the price. Pay the price. Build these kinds of friendships. It doesn't happen tomorrow, but it can happen. Build them. Build them. Thirdly, be helpful. Proverbs 27, 5 and 6 says, Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Guys, I'll just talk to you for a second. How do you have someone in your life 
that will tell you what you need to hear when you really need to hear it because you aren't seeing it. You're not seeing it. Do you have somebody that will come alongside and really tell you what you need to hear? Or do you have a set of friends that are avoiding that subject at all costs? We'll just talk about football. You see, we need friendships that will get in and help us with our blind spots that we all have. Amen? We all have blind spots. We all do. I may mean, not see that I'm making poor choices. My values are getting out upside down. I may not see that about myself, but they can see it. Will they come to me and aid me in truth and reality? Will they come? To, and I'm not talking about just going around and everybody's punching each other in the throat going, yeah, well, I told him. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about love. I'm talking about someone that says I need someone to help me see what reality is and they can see it better from their perspective than I can. And I'm coming alongside this brother shoulder to shoulder and I'm saying, hey, have you thought about I'm seeing this. What do you think? I'm concerned. Let me grab your arm, man. Let's go this way a little bit, just a little bit. And maybe I'm wrong, but let's talk it out. Let's work this thing through. Let's talk life. Let's talk you. Let me get in your business a little bit in love. Do you have that? You must have that. You must have it. And one way is to be that for someone. Proverbs 28, 23, whoever rebukes a person will in the end gain favor rather than one who has a flattering tongue. Your friends will tell you what you need to hear. And they'll do it in love and they'll do it for your benefit, for your greater life and for your help. Proverbs 27, 9, but here's the thing about friendship. Perfume and incense bring joy to the heart and the pleasantness of a friend springs from their heartfelt advice. Have you ever had a moment where your burdens inside were so heavy and you had one friend and y'all went to coffee or whatever and you talked it through with that friend and for as long as you were in that conversation with that friend, working this thing out that was burdening your soul, you felt the weights one by one. You got lighter and lighter the whole time you were talking. Have you ever had that? That is called ministry. Someone that has listened to you. Sometimes you feel better just talking it out with someone that says, I get it. I hear you. I understand what you're going through. I get it. I'm here for you. I'm just going to pray for you. Sometimes that's all you really needed. The situation didn't even change. But you changed because you had a friend. And that is so life-giving to the soul and if you don't have that person that you can go to and tell anything to you need them you got to develop that you got to build that I'm gonna close with this and this is a little embarrassing for me to say because <laughs> it sounds like I didn't have any friends <laughs> but but I didn't I didn't and I mean I mean like I had acquaintances but I didn't have a real friend and I was so sad there was a time I was living with, you remember me telling you this? I don't know if you remember, but we were, we were at, uh, I lived in her hometown. And I was new to the town. I'd only been there a little while. We got married. And we lived in her hometown. And I remember all of her girlfriends, they had this strong tie. They grew up together. They had all these experiences together. And I remember always kind of, and I had her, my best friend in the world. I had her. I had that, but I needed like a guy friend, you know what I'm talking about? And there's a total difference. All right, we'll do marriage later, but you know what I'm talking about. There's a guy friend. And I knew, and I and I began to pray. I was seeking the Lord, I was living for the Lord, but I remember feeling overwhelming sadness. I don't have a friend here. I don't have a real friend. 
And I cried and I cried. And I was just sad. I don't know why I was just sad. I just didn't have a real friend. You know, I had acquaintances, guys that, you know, hey, what's up, man? Hey, yeah, I got all that. I had all that. But I didn't have, like, a guy. He's going to come to my side. I know this guy would go through thick and thin with me. I, I didn't have it. And I was really, really sad. And I was really wanting that in my life. And I felt like it was in a scenario where I wasn't able to develop it. So I went to a prayer chapel, burdened down with, I don't have a friend, a real friend. And I was so sad, I cried my eyes out in the prayer chapel. And I just said, Lord, I need a friend. I need a friend. And the, man, this is coming to me. The, the prayer chapel phone rang. I'm not kidding. And I picked up the phone in the prayer. You're supposed to pray for people who call into the prayer hotline. Y'all remember this? All right, y'all with me? Well, I'm in there, and it's my duty. And I'm like, oh, Lord, can I just let this one voicemail? You know, just once, because I have a real need here, you know. And you know you've been tempted with it, prayer chapel warrior. You know it. Uh, anyway, all right, so, judging me. Anyway, I pick up the phone, and there's this young guy named Mark Rohde who is moving into town, and he's wanting to pray that someone, that God would, you know, put him in a church and all this kind of stuff. I sat there and talked to Mark, and he told me about his wife, and, they, and Mark graduated with Christy from high school. He's moving back home and all this kind of stuff. To this day, Mark is one of my best friends on the planet. I'm not kidding. He came, they visited just a few weeks ago, and I, the brother, is, I can say anything to this guy. He would die for me. I know it. And he's one of my closest friends to this day. Would you ask God? To give you a friend, a real friend, or maybe two or three or 250, like Christy. <laughs> you know how many you need. Are you feeling like you need a friend? He'll give you a friend. He will. He'll provide it. You just got to be open and, and look for it. He'll provide you that real friend that will come alongside you. We all need it. We all have to have it. If we can help you get in scenarios where you're shoulder to shoulder with people and developing those friendships, it does take time. It's a lot of work. It doesn't just happen just because you signed up. You need to work on being a good friend, a friend to others. But God will place them there. They are there, and they will be a friend to you. Another question I ask before I close, do you have the right friends in your inner circle? I want you to survey yourself. I want you to survey your life. I want you to think about your inner circle of friends. It is important that they are the right kind of friends and are leading you in the right kind of ways. It could be that some of you are struggling in your faith because you have core friendships that are causing you to struggle in your faith. We need to analyze that. We need to think about it. We need to pray it through. And we need to make whatever adjustment the Lord brings to your heart. Make that adjustment. If you need wisdom in that, we're here to counsel and help you with that. And talk to friends. Talk to people in your life group. How do I do that? How do I transition? But that needs to happen. Because... Good friends will lead you to life. They'll lead you to the right things. But you can suffer harm. Amen? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we just uh, thank you for your word. We thank you for time together as your family. And uh, Lord Jesus, just spending a moment thinking about you, the friend that sticks closer than a brother, the friend that left heaven to come to our side in our depravity, and save us through incredible cost to you. You came to our aid 
You stand shoulder to shoulder beside us sinners before your God, before your Father, and you say, they are righteous in me. That's a friend. You tell us the truth when we really need to hear it, Holy Spirit. You lead us in the path of life. And Lord, I believe you put people and friends in our life for that very purpose as well. Will you speak to our hearts this morning? Lord, help us see our inner circle and how it's influencing us. Are we walking with the wise and becoming wise? Lord, help us, give us lenses, give us discernment on what friends to draw into, invest in, to create that inner circle with. Help us to choose wisely in this, Lord. Give us wisdom. And we give this response time to you. So speak to our hearts. Take us where you want us to go. Make us what you want us to be. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me all across the room while we're singing this song. Let's just do business with the Lord. Let's think about our lives.